Hi, I'm Lucy and you're listening to season six of Space to Learn. I'm a 20 year old university student and this podcast is all about helping you find space to learn more about yourself and what getting out of your comfort zone really looks like. If you're trying to figure out what to do with your life, how to be your authentic self and how to be mindful of others and the planet as you do so, then you've come to the right place. Enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, how are we doing? I hope you're doing well. I'm really excited to be recording this week. I've just recorded with Lisa Nesneski, as you can probably tell from the title of the episode. Lisa calls herself the meditating pharmacist and she's just written her second book, which is called Seven Mindful Questions. I do apologize, in the episode I referred to it as seven mindset questions, but yeah, I'll have everything linked below. So just bear with the um, mistakes that I make due to the nerves uh, in the start of this episode. Um, But yeah, she's got a lot of experience under her belt and some quite big like life events that have happened so I think she's the perfect person to have on the podcast and the perfect person to take advice from she seems to like really know what she's doing and yeah I definitely I'm going to be taking notes when I edit this episode just because I feel like there was so much useful advice in here we had such a lovely chat and I'm really excited for you to listen to it As you may or may not have noticed, there wasn't an episode last week. I was in Bournemouth with my friends from home and we had a really lovely time. We were staying in an Airbnb and there was a view of the sea. It was perfect location for going into town and we went to the New Forest, had beach days. Just a really good time. Went out clubbing and stuff, which was something we haven't done in so, so long. Yeah, it was so lovely spending so much time with them and I am a little bit shattered now, I won't lie. Came back on Wednesday evening and then was busy again last night and yeah so it's been a bit chaotic in my life at the moment but really good fun and I feel like I'm just making the most of the end of summer don't want to have admitted that I just said end of summer but I feel like it's almost September so sadly I think summer's coming to an end but yeah anyway I'm going to stop rambling because Lisa's got so many more interesting things to say than I do I hope you're all okay. I hope that summer is treating you well and you're having a good time. Um, But yeah, I'm going to let you get on with the rest of the episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Nice to meet you. You too. Thanks to you. This is an amazing, amazing experience. I cannot tell you how thankful I am that you've agreed to let me come on. We're going to have a bit of a chat about meditation and mindfulness. I guess we can just start by um, letting you introduce yourself so that the listeners can get to know you a bit better. I'll leave you to introduce yourself properly. And yeah. Thank you, Lucy. So a little deep breath here. Um, Yeah. So I am Lisa Nesneski. I am uh, what I call myself the meditating pharmacist. So I I have a a really traditional science background. I've been a pharmacist for a very long time. And I um, found meditation when I was going through some really difficult parts of my life. I had done some meditation here and there. I'd done some training back like in the 90s um, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't actually incorporate it into my life on a real regular basis until I was flat broke, sick as a dog, trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I was, you know what, I'm going to choose absolutely everything out there that can help me heal. 
And so uh, that's that's how I really started a formal meditation practice. Wow, yeah. And I know that you kind of under underwent a pretty um, serious like health issue that kind of led to this change in how you wanted to live your life. So I wondered if if you're okay with speaking about that, if you wanted to go into that in a little bit more depth so that we can kind of see the shift in where you were to where you are now. I think that would be quite interesting and useful. All right. Um, so I was working in a hospital as a hospital administrator, and I had six um, departments, five departments that that I was responsible for and about 275 employees. And I was driving what amounts to 100 kilometers each way back and forth to work every day. So uh, I sort of set myself up for a stressful environment. And then um, I found out that I owed the United States Internal Revenue Service $35,000, which is a huge amount of money. And so through that, I was dealing with stressors, but I wasn't paying attention to my body. You know, so those those stressful situations began to live in my body. So I found myself in an emergency room with crushing chest pain. And so, you know, uh, for young women, um, heart disease it can be a serious issue. It's a silent issue. We don't always pay attention to that. But so, of course, I know the medical background, you know, I'm thinking, okay, is this a heart attack? What is this? So it, it started in the middle of the afternoon and it persisted. And at 2 a.m., I thought, okay, this is not easing up. I'm not going to just sit here and ignore it. I am going to go to the hospital. So I found myself in the emergency room on a gurney with this crushing chest pain. And um, I'm watching the monitors and, you know, I, I, as, as this chest pain happens, I start to see my heart rate go down. So it was, my heart rate's normally in the 50s, 50 beats per minute, which, um, you know, that's slow, but it's okay. Yeah. I saw it drop down into the 40s. And then when I got into the 30s, I started to get worried. And it went from 40 to 38 to 36, 34, 32. I'm thinking, okay, I tell, tell everybody in the room, watch the monitors, right? Yeah. So they're looking at the monitors and the EKG is normal. The oxygen saturation is normal. That's not something you typically watch when you're looking at the monitor is the yeah. pulse rate. So when it got down to that 32, I say, you know, I don't want to miss my life. Tell the kids I love them. I could be missing my life. And so um, I took a deep breath and I blew it out and the chest pain started to uh, recede. Mm. So it got as low as 28. Wow. Heart rate of 28. So I really thought I was checking out in that moment. Like, yeah. this is it. I'm not going to come out of this, you know, but um, that was a serious wake up call. And I began to question everything about my life and um, everything was fair game because nothing was working. And um, so I changed jobs. That was the first thing that was important was to find something with less stress. Uh, I now basically work from home um, instead of driving which I am so thankful for not having to drive. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm thankful to not be in a hospital during this crazy COVID time. I'm thankful to, uh, that um, I've been able to restructure and, and really 
live a much more meaningful life by, yeah. uh, you know, working from home is just, just responsible for myself. Mm-hmm. I also have the ability to uh, structure my schedule so that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, working when I'm required to, but I'm also working on things for myself, working on myself during the rest of the time. So yeah. that sounds like such a life-changing experience. And I'm sure there's other people out there who can resonate with that as well maybe not exactly the same situation that's quite specific but I think having such a big life event happen to you that can create so much drastic change in your lifestyle and how you see the world so yeah I think that must have been such a incredibly like powerful thing to have happened to you even though I'm sure in the moment it was incredibly scary um so yeah yeah yeah. I I do want to make one more point that you know um I know that you're very interested in mindfulness and mindfulness has basically three anchors anchors of the breath, the body and ambient sounds. So emotions get trapped in your body. And I think that's what happened to me is that Mm. I wasn't paying attention to my emotional well-being, and these emotions were trapped and they decided to just reach out and grab my attention that I couldn't, you know, do anything other than pay attention to yeah. them. So, so I, you know, as young folks that are experiencing life and, uh, you know, things go up and down, you know, that's, that's basically how life goes, but uh, paying attention to how you're feeling in the mm. moment with that will help you so much. Just don't, don't stuff it down. That's what I did. You know, yeah. I, I'd like for you, you young ladies and, and, and listeners to, to learn from my experience that I wasn't paying attention to my body. I was hard charging, hard nosed. I was going to get it done. Yeah. Successful female. It's so easy to do, isn't it? You just get caught up <laughs> oh, in that yeah. kind of hustle culture. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for anyone who isn't familiar, I, like you mentioned, I'm a big fan of mindfulness and I've kind of dabbled in meditation. I'm a big fan of yoga but for anyone who's kind of less familiar, what is mindfulness and what does that mean to you? What does that word mean? So mindfulness is paying attention in the moment without judgment. So becoming aware of what's happening in the moment. So uh, it can be, um, you know, uh, where you find your body, mind and spirit all in the same location at the same time. So you're right there. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're talking here. I can see your eyes. You're looking at me. I'm looking at you. We're very present for one another. And you, you know, yourself when you're talking to someone and they're just going, "Uh mm -hmm, yeah, listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) There's a difference between listening and hearing someone, I think. Yes, exactly. So, but that's part of being present for the other Mm. people in your life, part of being mindful for that experience. So mindfulness, life happens in the moment, in the right now. And that's really what mindfulness is, is, you know, when I said, I don't want to miss my life, that that was a real pivotal point that I was so out far out of tune with my own self and being in my own Mm. body and being in that experience that, um, yeah, that, that really turned the corner for me. So yeah. you asked me, what is mindfulness? And what was the other part of that question? Yeah, that was kind of, that covered it. I think that covered all the bases, just kind of what it, what it means to you really. But um, yeah, I think that answered my question. Um, in your book, you have these seven mindset questions 
that I skimmed through and I think it's such a useful guide for kind of being more mindful and more present like you said so I wondered if you'd be able to go through your seven mindset questions for my listeners. Okay absolutely thank you so much yeah so uh, the book is entitled seven mindful questions. I apologize I've got that wrong. (laughs) No that's okay but they really (laughs) are. No no that's okay so um, as um, as we review these questions I put a mnemonic together and it's aware because care, pause and breathe, that's number four, choose a better alternative. So that's the seven in a nutshell in a single sentence, but let's mm-hmm. go through them individually. So, you know, I found myself so upset with what was happening in my life and I still had to work and I still had to function that I found myself going, what am I doing right now? Yeah. Like, what, what is, what am I really doing? And why am I doing this? Not, not in a judgmental, like you shouldn't be doing this, you know, or beating myself up. It was like inquisitive. Like if I'm doing this and all behavior being purposeful, why am I doing it? What's, what's, what am I trying to get out of this? Am I Mm -hmm. trying to avoid something and procrastinate or am I just, you know, wasting time or am I uh, avoiding something? Mm. So, you know, what am I doing right now is awareness. Why am I doing it is the because. And why do I care about this? Like, really, is this something that's going to move me forward to whatever my my own personal core foundation is? Mm. And we, I want to come back to personal core foundation after I run through the, the full seven questions, because I think yeah. that'll be important for um, the, the listeners to understand. So, So why do I care about it? Is this something that's really going to move me towards my goal? Then the pause and breathe. When you pause and take a breath, you allow space for something better to come in. And and now you're going to look at what is essential. So what is it that I really have to do right now? And that's really the emotional heart. So you're choosing what's essential. And that, that really... In other words, when you're choosing, because we all have patterns and we, we all, we will repeat those patterns over and over and over until we learn these lessons, you know, the, the, the ending up in the emergency room was that, okay, this, something's got to change. I've got to change these patterns. So when you choose what's essential and you're feeling into your body, like, how does this feel to me? Is this really something I really want to do? You know, there are times that you've got to do stuff that you just don't like, and it's not going to feel good, but you got to do it anyway. But if you put it into perspective, like this won't be very long, I'll get it done and I'll move on, Mm -hmm. you know? So you, you give yourself a little bit of coaching there as far as what is essential. And then better is when you break those patterns, you know, what can I do better? And you're looking at your patterns and saying, you know, you'll, you will repeat it, even if you're aware of what the pattern is until you break that habit. So um, moving through consciously, it gets a little bit better every time. And and I had an interesting story um, about that. So, so you're walking down the street and you see a hole in the street and you fall into the hole. Hmm. So the next day you're walking down the street and you see the hole and you sort of trip around it and then you continue on your way. 
The next day, you you walk down the street, you see the hole, you cross the street and walk across on a different side of the street. The yeah. fourth day, you choose a different street. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's basically breaking patterns, mm. you know, seeing your patterns. Uh, and then the final is alternatives. You know, when you're looking at alternatives, you can really drop into what's in your, your how it feels in your body. Like, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Should I, you know, this big life decision, how does this feel to me? Is it in alignment with uh, all of, of my personal core foundation? Like, for example, you know, you, you, currently as a university student, um, I started my career as a, as a professor. So, um, you know, I was given a course of study and going through that course of study, then all of a sudden you've got to figure out what am I going to do with the rest of my life, you know, and how do these different job offers or whatever internships and so on, how, how does that actually feel? Which is going to be the one that's going to take me to the next step? Mm-hmm. Let me just say that you, when you're choosing among alternatives, there will be one that will stand out and um, you will feel it in your body as far as you can. And I have a technique in the book that where you drop in and you look at a gauge, you know, like a, like a gas gauge. And um, you know, one side is really positive, one side is negative, And you just kind of visualize yourself living in that experience and see which way the gauge goes. Mm. And that, that will help uh, make decisions. But, you know, ev- you will learn from every choice you make if you're open to understanding that it's, it's a lesson. And when you're, even if you make a bad choice, you will learn how not to do that again, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, so even if things feel really heavy, that these decisions are so important, as long as you, you um, know that you can always change your mind, You, you know, back when I was going through college, people went, to a job and they stayed in that one job for 40 plus years. It's like, that doesn't happen these days. (laughs) So you you have much more fluidity and flexibility Mm. to, to move forward with your life. Yeah. There's a, there's a quote that I love actually, which kind of touches on similar themes to you were talking about. And it's, it's almost a little mantra and it's um, everything happens for you rather than everything happens to you. And I think that kind of plays into similar things that you were saying. It's about realizing that, things happen kind of for a reason and you can see the lessons in things that are happening to you um I wanted to kind of add on to what you were saying about decision making because I know at the age that I am I'm 20 I'm at uni and I think it's an age where you have to make a lot of decisions and they all seem quite important um there's a lot of different choices that you make and they will take you down completely different paths so I I do value I think my gut feelings and things but I wonder if you have any advice for kind of listening to that, but also like maintaining a level head, if you know what I mean, and how to kind of weigh out the pros and cons while still listening to your intuition. So there's a number of different ways that you can do this. Um, In establishing where you eventually want to go with your life. You know, I'm at a phase where I have a pretty solid personal core foundation that involves my health, my relationships, my spirituality and connection to a higher power, Mm -hmm. my financial well-being, 
um, people in my life. So, so these, these uh, areas, you know, significant other or lack thereof at this present time, but uh, you know, in each of those categories, you, you start to think, how is this going to impact the other areas of my yeah. life? So that you have a well-rounded decision, uh, you know, at, at a, here, here's a, here's a decision I made at your age that, you know, in, in hindsight, I think is pretty hilarious. So I, uh, I was going to have a residency at the University of Cincinnati Hospital. And so I wanted to get in there, be that pharmacist. So I took the Ohio State Boards of uh, Pharmacy. So I was licensed in Ohio. Well, you have to keep your original license for your career, no matter where you're living. So I still have my Ohio license up <laughs> over my, my shoulder here from, you know, this is way before you were born, 1981. <laughs> And for the last 40 years, I've been paying the state of Ohio and I've lived there a total of two years. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that, that's a decision I did not anticipate moving <laughs> forward. It, it's kind of funny now, but um, I don't think I would have done anything differently, yeah. to be honest. But those are the kinds of decisions that you don't see the long-term impact because you don't have that long runway yet and mm. it's okay mm. because that i think that's the most important thing is that when you make those decisions you have to be able to trust yourself enough even at the age of 20 you have to to be able to say i do trust this decision that whatever happens whatever the consequences i'm going to be able to handle it okay. and i think that yeah. that is is really um, you know, these decisions feel so heavy, don't they? At times, mm. like my whole life is going to pivot on this, <laughs> yeah. but you can pivot your life once again, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's, nothing's as permanent as we think. I, I think I'm starting to learn. <laughs> um, I wanted to also talk about meditation because I know you're like a big um, believer and practicer of meditation. I think it's something I've as I said before, I've dabbled in and I've tried to make it a habit in my life. I do think it can be really, really useful, especially when I'm feeling anxious or when there's just a lot going on to kind of calm yourself down. Um, but I do think a lot of people, especially my age, find it quite a daunting and scary and something that they don't really see as being for them. So I wondered if you have any advice for anyone kind of wanting to start meditation but not really feeling like it's something that they can get into absolutely i think um there there are a couple of things i want to touch on with this mindfulness meditation um, brings you into the moment and so when you're in that moment you're really experiencing life and what i mean by that is you're paying attention to one of three anchors your breath is the easiest and breath can be an eyes open meditation where you know you're um, in a, a class and you're thinking about all of the things you need to do you're not in that moment you you know you're trying to take notes but everything's sort of like i've got to do my laundry i've got to you know get some food i've got to prepare for the next exam i got to write a paper when your mind starts rolling through that if you drop in and just pay attention to your breath even one two or even three breaths can reset your body yeah. so you don't have to go into a full like i'm going to sit for 15 20 minutes you just catch yourself take that pause breathe 
And when you exhale, nice, long, deep, blow it out. The longer your exhale is, it actually turns on your body's physiological resting system. It turns on what's called the parasympathetic nervous system. And so that just turning it on helps you calm down. And I've found three breaths are my key. Yeah. That's all I really need at this point. Keep it nice and simple, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So you can do it eyes open or eyes closed. Uh, You can choose to just sit and pay attention to the air coming into your nose, your nostrils, filling your lungs, and then exhaling back out. You can rest a hand on your belly and feel your belly inflate. Mm -hmm. We, We breathe from our chest. You know, we're, we're basically yeah. chest breathers. We don't breathe deep like babies do, you know, yeah. naturally they breathe into their belly. So doing that also helps turn on that body's rest, digest, parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. I like to imagine like the infinity symbol or the number eight, yeah. you know, where you're, you're breathing up and inhaling. And then when you hit the top, then you're exhaling down to the bottom And then there's tiny pauses at the tops and the bottom and you come back up and inhale. And that just having that visual with my breath seems to help also reset. Mm. And remember that when, if you do sit in meditation, your brain is going to fire thoughts at you, all the things you need to do. (laughs) So that's its job to think. Okay. So just accept that your brain's going to think while you're in meditation Mm -hmm. and uh, you can name the thought like, Oh, this is thinking, or, Oh, this, I'm trying to create a task here. And then that usually just allows it to move on through your field of awareness, if you will. So, so uh, naming while you're sitting in meditation helps Mm -hmm. take the charge off. And there are times when an emotion will arise while you're sitting there and you start to feel really crappy about something, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you can feel joyful and blissful, but you can't go into a meditation expecting that, you know, yeah. you just expect whatever is going to arise is going to arise. And so mm-hmm. sometimes when you do have that, where it, it feels kind of crappy and, and you just ask yourself, well, investigate, what am I to learn from this? What does this, this need? What does my body need? What is it trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. And just uh, keep doing the why thing. Like, why is this happening? What, what, you know, and, until you kind of feel like, oh, okay, I get it. I know what this is. Yeah. You know, and accepting whatever comes up, I guess, as well. I think quite a lot of people that I've spoken to my age that have tried meditation think that you kind of just need to have like a completely empty mind you can't be thinking any thoughts at all you can't be distracted like that's not meditating properly but I like what you said about just keeping it really simple and taking a few breaths that is meditation it doesn't have to be some kind of crazy um really difficult thing to do yeah you you can uh have this concept of you you know a monk sitting on a mountaintop yeah exactly Certainly that's a type of meditation, but the the point is that meditation is an experience. So when you step into a meditation space and just allowing whatever experience happens to happen. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, if you're thinking, am I doing this right? Then you're starting to judge it. And when you judge it, it pops you out of meditation. Yeah. So just, but recognizing, okay, I'm judging. And then you go right back to paying attention to whatever Mm -hmm. rank. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. And there's a quote that you had in your book, which I really liked. And you said, 
the real meditation practice is how we live our lives from moment to moment and I, I do think that's true because like you said it's not all about that image of a monk sitting on a mountain it's how we can implement it, this technique in our day-to-day lives and make ourselves feel more at peace I guess and more kind of like just going with the flow rather than being stressed and anxious and always worried about things that are coming next so other than meditation do you have any techniques or practices to kind of become a bit more present in your day-to-day life well I would say that there's there's a a a whole practice on mindfulness of walking Mm. so as you're walking uh from class to class or you're uh you know doing some physical activity as a quote trigger to be in that moment So uh, mindfulness of walking is so powerful because as you're walking, you're looking and you're appreciating Yeah, and you're feeling your feet touch the ground. And it's not that hurry to get there kind of walk, but it's uh, a walk that brings you into the moment. So you're really Mm -hmm. appreciating the sounds, the location, the, the feel of the air as you're breathing, you know, um, just really being there for the sights and sounds of, yeah. of the experience so yeah I, I love I love a long walk it's something that's kind of helped me in the pandemic just getting out of the house and being able to go for a walk through the fields or around like the city or wherever I, wherever I am so yeah I think it does help as well just putting your phone away and making sure you're present and not kind of just using it as a, another distraction I guess Yeah, exactly. I mean, we oftentimes walk for a purpose, like to get Mm. somewhere. But when you're walking in nature to appreciate the walk and the nature, that's really, um, I think that really brings you back. You know, if you, there there was a study done at Carnegie Mellon University, and it's just for health, but it was, they weren't really looking at it from a mindfulness perspective. But if you take 10 minute walks three times a day, Mm. it's as much as doing a 30 minute singular exercise yeah benefit in the body but what if those five minute out and five minute back walks were mindful walks Mm. how much better would your mind be reset your body obviously is going to benefit from it but your mind could be reset as well so so when you get to the point and i i've learned this about myself because i do a lot of highly analytical work during the day when i start to make one or two mistakes the same mistakes i need to step away Mm. So I, so knowing yourself well enough is when to take a break, because if you power through, you're going to end up having to redo the whole thing anyway. So step away, reset, and then come back to it. Yeah, I really like that. That's really good advice. Um, I'm going to finish by asking you a question that I ask to all of the guests I have on the podcast. And the question is, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? This can be big or small or random, whatever it might be. Yeah best piece of advice I've ever It's a tough given. one, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. I, well, I, I've got uh, three times as much life experience as you, <laughs> so I've got a lot to sort through to figure <laughs> out what the, what the best one is. Um, I, I think trust yourself, be willing to make mistakes, mm. and be flexible. Mm. Okay. I think that that really was was especially the trust myself part. 
Yeah. Because I, I tended to doubt myself quite a bit. And so when I was, it's like, trust, trust, you've got this, mm. you've got this. And, you know, and what's, and then, then the follow-up was, well, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Well, you know, they're not going to take away your birthday. So, <laughs> so just get out there and try it, you yeah. know? So, so be willing to be flexible and, and see and learn from mistakes. Mm. So, yeah, I think sometimes we take on other people's opinions way too much and always just worried about the worst case scenarios but yeah I really appreciate what you said about just trusting yourself because at the end of the day you know yourself better than anyone else does really so you can't trust anyone else more than yourself so yeah I really like that yeah I think you know you're you're at a a wonderful age because you're beginning to shed the cocoon of the the home environment that involved your your parents and now you're figuring life out on your own terms and I'm I'm a little bit envious that uh, (laughs) you know if I could go back and redo it you know I think uh, being able to uh, experience different things trying things on like uh, you know, when we go into a store and we try on different clothes and we realize, yeah, this is not for me. That's what life is. It's trying things on and um, you'll figure it out along the way, but trust yourself that how it feels when you're doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited for everyone to listen to this and I hope that people um, can like buy your book and access that. Where can people um, buy your book? Yes. So seven mindful questions is out on Amazon right now. Grounded in chaos. My first book is also out there, but that's not a beach read. That's a highly emotional (laughs) poetic tale of my crappy life. So, you know, forewarning, don't read this, that book before you have to take an exam. Uh, (laughs) um, I have a website. It's www.lisa.neski.com. And I'll have some uh, guided meditation meditations for your listeners. Amazing. There are a few, yeah, there are a few eyes open meditations that are in there. So for beginners, there, uh, you know, you, the, the majority of the recordings are somewhere uh, in the neighborhood of 30 minutes, but uh, you can shut it off after 10, you can shut yeah. it off after five, there's really no reason. But if you're really into it, and can go the full 30 minutes, you'll get, wow. you know, benefit, but you can work yourself up to that. Um, I'm going to also be part of the International Dublin Writers Festival coming up. So I don't know if uh, you guys in the UK are uh, at all aware of that festival, but it's pretty exciting to be recognized uh, across the Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, I'll have everything linked in the description box. So if you're listening and you want to check out those meditations or anything else, Lisa's website, then please feel free to go and do that. And I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Lisa, and I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye.